So we've been talking about the last few weeks on what are you thinking? What's going on in your head, in your brain? What, what, what thoughts are going through? Are there good thoughts or bad thoughts? Because your thoughts will either help you or hinder you. They either drive you or hold you back. You can have good, happy thoughts or you can have bad thoughts. You can be driving along and saying, well, you know what? I, I just hate going to work today. I hate to go through the traffic, the people that are there. You know, they're just annoying. I don't want to go. Or you can think, I'm so glad I have a job. I'm so glad that I can at least be in a safe, nice, comfortable car, listen to the radio and speak to the Lord and, and, and have music and have a James Younger tape on, praise the Lord. <laughs> and the people there, I get to minister to them, get to show them and tell them the, the things of the Lord. So if you have good thoughts, you'll be happy. You know, my wife and I and my son, we were eating at our local restaurant and the girl was really happy, you know, she was glad to see us. She said, oh, you know, it's good to see you. Can I help you? You know, what do you want to order and all that stuff? And I had to say, you know, are you always this way? She goes, I'm at work. <laughs> I'm supposed to be this way. I go, well, what happens after you leave? Do you change? She says, you'll never know. <laughs> but we can turn it on and we can turn it off if we want to. Don't you know that? Let's keep it on. Why not let the joy of the Lord permeate our bodies and our minds and be in control of everything that we're doing? So our thoughts will direct us. It lets us know where we're going and where we have been. In other words, where you are right now is because of the thoughts that you had maybe five, ten years ago, and now it's come into fruition because you've taken actions on your thoughts. Like, for instance, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or a nurse or a mother, you have to plan ahead. You have to have that thought in your mind and then do actions that will correspond with that. For instance, we have a, uh, uh, Blanca's daughter is studying to be a doctor. She got that thought a while back, so she's making plans, going to school, arranging her life so that she can be what that thought was. I know my son, he wanted to be a lawyer ever since he was in fourth grade. So he had a plan his whole life to pursue that and to make sure that happens. I know for, for his <laughs> summer vacation when he was in what, high school or college, he came to us and he said, I want to go to South Africa and teach the kids there about computers. And I said, what in the, where did you get that thought from? Because my, my wife and I, when we had summer, we were like, whoa, let's go. Let's go have some fun, you know. And she, he said, I'm trying to buff up my, my resume. So when I go and apply for, uh, you know, jobs and when I go for scholarships, I'll have something other than just what you have, Dad, going out and playing baseball all summer long. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He didn't say that. I just threw that in. <laughs> if you want to be a teacher like Margaret in children's church, you have to go to school. You've got to prepare yourself so that you can be a teacher. You have that thought that you, and then you want to do it. Christine Tan, who's not here, she's a, she's a nurse. She had a thought, I need to get at my own business and, and have health care to people that need uh, home service. And so she planned that in. She has her own job. It's a thought that takes hold. So we're supposed to have good thoughts. Amen? God has good thoughts over us. Did you know that? The Bible says that he knows the thoughts that he has for us of good and not of evil to give you a future and give you hope. So he's thinking good thoughts on you. The translation of that, thoughts is plans. He has plans for you. You know, he has a plan for you. Our job is to find out what his plan is, to hook in, and then let his uh, uh, anointing take us where we're supposed to go. 
You know, we're not supposed to just like say, well, what do I feel like doing? It is kind of what you feel like doing, but, that he, but God has put it on the inside of you. Where is your talent? We had a, we had a dentist friend, and um, well, he wasn't a friend. He was a dentist, and we talked to him about it. I, dentistry, dentistry is kind of one of those tough posi- uh, professions, don't you think? I mean, here, let me put my hands down your, your mouth for a minute, okay? Go ahead. I'll bite you. <laughs> How fun is that? For 30 years, you know? <laughs> I tell him, I said, you know, you've got the second worst job. You know, I think being a funeral director and a dentist are the two worst professions that you could possibly have. In my mind, because I'm not graceful. They love it. Oh, my gosh, this is why I can see people have wonderful teeth. And, and I, so I asked that my dentist friend, I go, what possessed you? I didn't say it that way, but, you know, in my mind. What possessed you to be a dentist? And he said, I was... Just at home, and just like Megan said, I saw a vision of God, and he had two hands, and they were reaching out, and they, he said, I want to use you in dentistry. The Lord called him to that. He, 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 he played the guitar. He did a lot of other things, but the Lord said, I need you to do this. I've given you that gift. So we have to figure out what our gift is, and it doesn't have to be something glamorous. It could be just you know, being a mother, uh, you know, being a teacher, being whatever God has called you to do. Do what he's called you to do. Praise the Lord. He has a plan for you. In Psalms 139, it says, We are fearfully and wonderfully made for a purpose. So he formed us with a thought in mind, a purpose for us to do the things that he's called us to do. And our job is to find out what it is. What is his thoughts towards us? And so what are his thoughts? Well, we have a whole book of his thoughts right here. What is he thinking? Because we want to be thinking the things that he's thinking. We want to line up. Our mind has to be like what he's thinking. So when we're thinking like he is, we'll be lined up with the Most High God. Praise the Lord. Isn't that a good thing to have? So it won't even be your thoughts anymore. You know, you'll, you'll want to be kind to people. you want to be considerate to people without even trying to think of it. You know, a lot of people say, well, how do you change your, your lifestyle? How do, you, how do you, you know, carry on yourself in love? Well, you, you start thinking the way God thinks. You start loving people. Two people today or this week called me kind. He's a kind pastor. I wanted him to say, you're, you're a powerful, anointed, you know. <laughs> you know, you're, you're a guy that can bring healing down. You know, you you got it, Pat. No, kind. Oh, okay, whatever. Kind. So nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> but that's the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Love is patient. Love is kind. So anyway, I, I, that's because I put that inside of me. But the Bible says, let's look at this here. A couple of, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what you're thinking is what you become. And I, like, it's, I, I didn't even know your heart could think. Did you think your, know your heart could think? But God used to talk to the, the Pharisees. He says, why do you think evil in your hearts? Why are you reasoning that in your heart? He knows what you're, what you're thinking. And it comes from your heart first. You get, a, you get a desire for something, and then your thoughts will follow along. Isn't that true? It, it's not the other way around. You don't get a thought and have your heart follow. Because, you know, we, we hear this thing, you know, the battles in the mind. The battle is in the heart. Once you commit yourself to the Lord, the Bible says, with the heart man believeth, and with the mouth confession is made. You believe in your heart that God loves you so much, and then you say it out of your mouth, okay, I receive it in the name of Jesus, right? So your heart is so critical. Let's see this next uh, slide. 
And <laughs> when you, let, let's skip a couple. One more. Okay, and then we'll come back to one. In Romans 12, one, it says, I beseech you. That, that, that's a pleading, that's a calling, that's a, like a, an army term. I beseech you, I command you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then next slide. And, and do not be conformed. When it says do not do something, what, what are we supposed to not do? What it says, it says do not be conformed. So we're not supposed to be conformed, be a cookie cutter, be co uh, infiltrated or persuaded by the things of the world. The world says, okay, it's okay to have a girlfriend. It's okay to, you know, do drugs. It's okay to do all this crazy stuff, you know. But that's not what God says. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. I like that word, transformed. I like to be somebody that I'm not. Because <laughs> I know what I am, but I don't want to be that. I want to be conformed into the image of Christ. Conformed by the renewing of your mind. A lot of us think, you know, oh, pastor, just pray for me so that I will have, you know, a new mind. Or pray for me that I'll just be doing the great things of God. No, it, it happens by renewing your mind. We think that God's going to all of a sudden come down and wapo zappo all of a sudden a brand new you. It doesn't happen that way. There's a part that you have to play. Ah, oh, shucks, we have to do something. <laughs> we got to renew that thing up in your head. Stop that stinking thinking. Don't be thinking that way. I can't help it. Yeah, you can help it. You have charge over your mind. Your mind doesn't have charge over you. When you start getting a bad thought, you have to correct it and say, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going that way. Because I know the end of that, I know where that's going. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? It says, renew your mind that you may prove that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many of you don't want to know the perfect will of God for you in your life? It says, the way you do it is you have to renew your mind. And then you'll know the perfect will of God. You'll be able to, check this out, you'll be able to perceive, discern, identify, and be sure and know the will of God. That's, that's so rich. If God sets you in a, on a course and you know it's his will, it's going to succeed because he's already planned it out for you. So let's go back to the, that, those arrows. So <laughs> you ever get to this place? A fork in the road? Hmm, what do I do? Do I marry this person or do I marry that person? Do I take that job or do I take this job? Hmm. You know what Yogi Berra used to say? If you see a fork in the road, take it. You don't know which way to go. Who knows which way to go? Only God knows. But by renewing your mind, you can line up with his thoughts and his plans for your life. Let's look at the next slide. Sometimes it's a little bit confusing. We don't know. We're at a crossroads. We've got opportunity, but I don't know if it's the right one. There's happiness here, but is that where God wants me to be? I want to be successful. I want to have a good... Which way do we go? There's so many choices in this world. How do you know which one to go to? You know... Um, my wife and I, we got married. We only knew each other 10 weeks. Ooh. <laughs> Dangerous, isn't it? <laughs> but when I met her, I knew that I knew that I knew that this was the girl. But the pastors of the church said, you better go home and pray about that, son. 
all right, whatever. So I went home and I prayed because, you know, someone had told me that, you know, when you get to the altar and it says, does anyone object to this marriage? Let them speak now or forever hold their peace. They don't say that anymore. But you should do that. You should say that to the Lord. Lord, if this is your will, speak now or forever hold your peace. Right? I want to know exactly what it is that I'm getting myself into. And so I got an affirmation, yeah, this is okay. So I came back and said, let's, let's, let's do it, let's get married. And 33 years later, uh, we're still married. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Amen. But you can have a match made in heaven, but you've got to live it here on earth. I don't know if you know that. Can I get an amen in this section right here? Okay. <laughs> James has just been married a year. So uh, we know that there's the, the coming together of two lives that you have to learn how to adjust to each other. And since we were only knew each other for 10 weeks, you know, she was uh, and I was on our best behavior. It's very easy to be on your behavior for 10 weeks. That's easy. You're not living in the same house. And so we don't see the imperfections or the flaws that go on in a person's life. I always say, uh, everybody looks perfect until you get to know them a little bit. And you wonder, like, how in the world are you living here on this earth? <laughs> so, uh, you know, when we were dating, I was listening to her, whatever she wanted to, you know, you know say, and take her wherever she wanted to go. And up late at night, all, one time we talked the whole night on the phone till 6 in the morning. I said, you know, I think we've got to go to work. But okay. And, and so everything was, you know, and then everything I asked her to do, she did. She was always on time, praise the Lord. <laughs> then we got married. <laughs> then we reverted back to our natural selves. Then all of a sudden we said to each other, you're not the same person I dated. Uh, I think we should sue each other for false advertising. This is not... <laughs> exactly what I signed up for. So then we had to learn how to love one another. You know, despite the caricature that we, we, sent, we send out, praise the Lord. So, uh, how did I get to that point? How did I get that? Oh, we don't know what choices that we're going to make, do we? But when you have the Lord's purpose and plan for your life, you know everything's going to work out. Praise God. Let's look at another slide. Uh, past that Romans. Okay, so what, where do we get these thoughts from? We get them from everywhere. We get them from TV. We get them from our friends, our family. You know, so many things uh, that people have told us in our lives form the way we think. So we have to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. The way you are, the way you project yourself is because of what you put on in the inside of you. So you have to guard it. You can't be watching WWF wrestling. WWE, or is it C? E. WWE wrestling. And expect to live a normal life. When people get mad at you, you want to beat them up. Throw a chair over their head. <laughs> One time we were in the movies, and I actually, I don't know, my foot was, you know, you have that nervous foot where you go like this, and so I was rocking the guy's chair in front of me. <laughs> and so he turned around, and he said, uh, could you please stop that? And I felt like hauling off and grabbing him and saying, well, I do mind, and let's here try some, a knuckle sandwich here. But the thing I, 
the thing I forgot is I don't know how to fight. I mean, I'm going to probably hurt me more than him. But I had that feeling from watching WWE wrestling. They hit people, they knock people around. So that was, I had to guard my heart and say, no, I'm not going to think that way. Right? And you ladies are laughing, but you know, if you watch a soap opera, if you watch all this drama, you know, oh, you know, you're going to do what? Oh, I'm so hurt. I'm so, I'm so offended and everything. Well, you're picking it up from something that you saw, so you have to guard your heart with all diligence. Let's move on to the next slide. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Psalms 119 says this. The entrance of your words give light, and it gives understanding until the, unto the simple or the foolish or the childish. So the word of God, when it comes into your heart, it gives you, oh, now I understand. Now I know what I'm supposed to do in life. Now I know how I'm supposed to act. And it also says your word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So what you have to do <laughs> is be, uh, let me see now. Hold on one second. I got a lot of papers today. See, some people are just lost wander, wandering around. You ever, you ever meet those kind of people? You know, you, uh, what are you, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. What you doing? Oh, I don't know. I, I, it seems like I'm lost. I don't know what to do and everything. And, uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah. Uh, are you uh, looking for something? Um, well, I seem to be lost. You see, I don't know where I am, and I don't know how to read a map. So... Yeah, I kinda, I've, I've kind of lost my way here. Oh, okay, let's see. Let me help you out here. Okay, that's a, that's a nice map, but you know what? It's a map of Europe. Uh, You're not going to find anything. You're in the wrong country. This explains everything. Yes. <laughs> no wonder there weren't any. There's no roundabouts in America. By goodness. <laughs> no, sir, you, you have to get back on track you you got to find a way to get back on. This is not going to help you, okay? Yeah, yeah, Let me just help you with that. Okay, that's not going to help you. What, yeah, what, else, you what else you got? Uh, well, I got a newspaper here. This is, this is, well, this will be helping me learn about things, what's going on, learn about the signs of the times, stuff like that. So, I mean, this, this will help keep me informed. That's kind of, that's lets you know what's happening in the world, but it doesn't really tell you what God wants. You know, you, you believe in God, don't you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I believe he's up there, and he's, He's, he's watching. Yeah, okay. I got good news for you. Not only is he watching, but he wants to guide and direct you in the way you're supposed to go. Oh, really? <laughs> you want to know how he does that? Uh, yeah, yeah. How's, how, how's he doing that? Well, he has thoughts towards you for good and not for evil, to give you a future and give you a hope. So, so he's got plans for you. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, well, well how, do I, how do I know about these plans? Like, okay, here, how do I get back on track here? Okay, here is your, is your map. You know what Bible stands for, right? B-I-B-L-E? Yes, that's the word for me. Or no, no, that's a good song. Oh, yes. But B-I-B-L-E uh, is basic instructions before leaving earth. Oh, I never knew. Yeah, I know. You seem to be really lost. <laughs> I, yeah, I... 
Yeah, you know, having having two hours of sleep definitely doesn't help either. Okay. So. The Bible says if you read these, that the entrance of these words will give you understanding, and He'll show you things that you know not. Okay. All right. So I just so I read this Bible, and it'll show me the way back to England. No, 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 no. Just because I use King English vernacular, no, not. It doesn't mean you have to go to England. We don't oh. know exactly where you're going to go. Gotcha. Okay? Okay. Let's regroup a little bit. Okay. okay. All right. We don't use the map. Okay. We don't use the newspaper. Uh, okay. Okay. We use this right here. Okay. This will tell you exactly where you're supposed to go. For instance, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving others, even as God did for Christ's sake. Okay. All right. All right. That, that sounds good. I, I will take this. Because, and... you know what? Let me show you something. The Bible says, as it says right here, the word is a lamp unto your feet. You yeah. So you put it right there, and you can find out what step you're supposed to take next. Okay? Be kind to somebody. Be kind to your new roommate, okay? All right, yeah. <laughs> Be kind to the pastor, amen? <laughs> oh, okay. And then if you do those things, you'll have a light for your path. Take this with you here. Oh, okay. All right? I'm going to take your Bible, too. Okay, very good. <laughs> All right, give Alex a hand. Praise God. <laughs> now, Alex won an award in acting because he had played seven different parts in a play. I only made him do one, so that's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's good. So we put things into our heart and into our mind. Now, let me show you some scriptures here. Some people say, well, where do you start reading? You ever have that thought? Where, where do I start reading? Well, here's some teachings of the Bible broken down into a, a concise form where you can know exactly how to get a whole meal of God's Word. For instance, the Old Testament says... Uh, it talks about the history of God and, and mankind. The Psalms is the heart of God. Proverbs is the wisdom of God. Gospels are the teachings of Jesus. And the epistles are how to be like Jesus. And when you do this, what I do is I just read one chapter each day from each one of these uh, sections. So Old Testament, I read Genesis 1, Psalms 1, Proverbs 1, Matthew 1, and um, Romans 1, and the next day, Genesis 2, Psalms 2, right on down the line. And after you read it, you feel kind of full. You, spiritually, you feel like, man, I've gotten all my meat and potatoes. I got my vegetables. I got my Psalms dessert. I got everything that I possibly would want. So let's look at this, how, how this works out. And this is just from this week for me reading, uh, looking at... The history of God, Exodus 19.4 says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Remember they were in Egypt, slaves for 430 years to Pharaoh, who is the cruelest man on the face of the earth. And God said, Do, Don't you remember what I did? I bore you on eagles' wings. I picked you up. I carried you across and brought you to myself. You might be in bondage. You might have problems. You might have situations in your life. God said, I'm going to pick you up 
and carry you on eagle's wings. Hallelujah. I'm going to lift your heart and your countenance so that you can have joy all the days of your life. And I brought you where? Not to the desert, to myself. I wanted to be with you. So I see God is inviting us to come and be with him. Isn't that nice? That's, that's the history of God and what he wants to do for his people. Let's look at the next one. The heart of God. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. You're supposed to rejoice when you seek the Lord. Did you know that? You're not supposed to say, oh, i got to read my Bible today. <laughs> this is real drudgery. Two chapters, you know, pastor said you got to read a chapter in each one of these sections, and I'm trying to do it, but boy, it's really... No, he said, let the hearts of those rejoice, rejoice who seek the Lord. There's a lot of rejoicing and joy and jumping and being happy in, in the Bible. Did you know that? Okay. <laughs> Seek the Lord, and you notice how, you notice how uh, James does praise and worship? You know, he doesn't just stand there. He's <laughs> huh? <laughs> I can't do it like you do it, right? <laughs> because he's rejoicing in the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his, I like this, face. His face. He, we don't need to seek his hand all the time. Lord, gimme, gimme, gimme. I want this. What's taking so long? Where you been? Come on. He said, come and spend time with me. You know, my, my wife's favorite saying is, I need you to focus in on me, baby. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got it. <laughs> And God said, I want you to focus in on me. Seek my face. Let's talk face to face. Praise the Lord. So we're finding out that's the heart of God. God wants our hearts, right? Are we okay over here? Praise the Lord. <laughs> I might need an escort out. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a ride home. To, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, heart of God. And now the wisdom of God is the next slide. Now, this is interesting. I read this the other day. Like I said, this is all in one week's time. I'm learning to have a full meal in God. The wisdom of God. Psalms 29, 20 says, Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Now, when you read that, you're probably thinking of somebody else, aren't you? <laughs> Someone close to you, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know that person. They, they just shoot their mouth off any time they get a chance. They, do you see a man or a woman hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than him. You know, you go to a place and you're with somebody and all of a sudden they start getting upset and excited and telling people off, you know, telling the cashiers off. I want to see the supervisor. I want to see the manager. Come on. I'm, Please, let's, you know, <laughs> let's try to keep it cool here, you know. You go to the airport and you want to tell the... the uh, What's that guy, the, the guys that, that come and check you out? Huh? The TSA, you want to tell them, you know, tell them off and everything. Meanwhile, your plane's leaving. You know, there's more hope for a fool than for him. Praise the Lord. Okay, Proverbs, okay? Now, let's look at this here. Next one. I, I like when you get into the New Testament because that way then you're, you're into uh, the grace part of life. And so the teachings of Jesus in Matthew 5, 7, and 8 said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain 
mercy. I've lived by that. I give mercy to people all the time. Because why? I need mercy. Not their mercy. I need God's mercy. And so a lot of times I'm merciful to people. And uh, my family says, Dad, you're too merciful. You're too kind. You're too giving. You know? And, and I said, I can't help it. It's just the way I am. And, and God is good to me. Uh, we have a... <laughs> We have a guy that lives down the street, our, one of our neighbors, and he, I mean, I don't want to say bad things about him, but he does go down to the liquor store at 8 o'clock in the morning to get his breakfast, which is a, <laughs> which is a can of beer, okay? He's a nice guy. I like him. Everybody likes him at the store, but the Bible says that Jesus was friends of publicans and sinners and drunks and gluttonous people, okay? So he would fit in that category right there. But I don't shun him. I go, if he's walking, I pull over and I say, brother, come on in, you know, let me give you a ride down there. So we go down there, I wait for him to get his substance, and we drive back home, and I, I don't drop him off at my house, I take him to his house. I honor, I give him mercy, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so the other day, <laughs> I was driving Marianne's car, and I picked him up, and he goes, oh, brother, nice ride. <laughs> and I go, yeah, he says, someday I want to be like you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be hooked up like that. I go, well, I don't think you know the pathway to get there, brother. You, first, you got to go to church, then you got to pray, then you got to read your Bible. Can you do all that? He says, no, 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 no. You're the closest thing I'm going to get to church is right here in this in this seat right here. <laughs> but I'm kind to him. I love him. He's a good man. <laughs> and so, blessed, are the, blessed is Chuck, Pastor Chuck, who extends mercy. Are you, are you going to put your name in there? Because he, when my son, when we go out and we, ha, we need mercy, people to give us favors and stuff, he goes, Dad, you go ahead, Dad. You, you do <laughs> One time we went to Dodger Stadium, and we used to, we still know the center, field, center fielder for the Dodgers, the ex-center fielder, and I took a picture with him, and he would get us on the field. And so I wasn't able to connect with him prior to the game, so I went down there, and I just showed a picture to the guard. I said, look, here's my buddy right here, and, and we were in the dugout last, last year, so we want to come back in. He goes, okay, come on in. My son goes, how'd you do that? <laughs> it's mercy, baby. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Isn't that good news? Okay, last one here is um, how to be like Jesus. How many of you want to be like Jesus? The Bible says, let this mind be in you. You can have the mind of Christ. Is that an amazing thing? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. How many of you had that prayer? Oh, Lord, I just want to be of no reputation. Do you, do you, do you say, I, I have to work on that because I've been telling people I want to be famous. I don't know why. I just feel like I'm famous. I feel like God's spotlight's on me. I'm just walking in it, and I'm just happy, you know. Even if I'm not famous, I feel like I'm famous in him. But I make of myself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So two keys, no reputation, be a bondservant. And the last slide. And being found in appearance as a man, 
humbled himself. Ooh, what a bad word, humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So what we have to do here, church, is we have to look at these scriptures and find out, are we doing these things? Are we being a part of this? Is this something that is in our lives? And so um, the Bible says that the, the Bible is like a mirror that we look into it and we say, oh, if this is what the Bible says, am I actually doing that? Amen? Do you, do you know that's true? You, you look at it. That's why some people don't read the Bible because they read it and they go, oh, God, I can't do this. And there was times early in my Christian walk, I'd read something and I'd say, Lord, I can't do that right now. Can we put this on hold? Uh, let's come back in about six months and see how we're doing because actually I cannot do this. You, you have to be honest with yourself and with the Lord. But now I'm, I'm, I feel like I've, I've got it pretty much under control. You know, I, I uh, uh, excuse me one second here. Oh, yeah, I, I think I look pretty good, you know, in the Lord. Every hair is perfectly curled. My hair is cut and rounded in the back. I think I have all my insecurities tucked in. Nobody can see them. All my faults and my uh, defaults are pretty much hidden and... Uh, from the public eye, I don't think anybody can really look at him or see him. I think I'm pretty good. What's up? What's up, Charlie? Ooh. Excuse me, Pastor Chuck. Yes, yes, Charlie. But as a friend and a fellow minister, I have uh, brought up something I found in the Bible that I would like to share with you. <laughs> really? Yes. Say on, Pastor. Say on. Uh, it says in Philippians 2, 3, yeah. to consider others more important than yourself. What? And uh, how do you feel you're doing with that? Well, Pastor Charlie, you know I'm the number one Italian son. And I have certain rights and privileges as being number one son. And what would those rights be? Well, rights into the kitchen. <laughs> My mother always let me go to the kitchen first. I'm first in line. Okay. I'm first here. I'm first there. I'm first everywhere. Well, that's all well and good. Mm -hmm. But what about the other guys? The other guys? Shouldn't they be first in line sometimes? I, I hadn't considered that at all. I just more concerned about me being up front there. So, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. That's, that's a novel idea. Uh, Pastor Chuck, that's not my idea. Uh -huh. That's God's idea. Oh, that's God's idea. Okay. Well, here, you can take your mirror. Well, you need it worse than I do. <laughs> and and I, I appreciate you coming up here, Pastor Charlie, and embarrassing me in front of all these people here. Letting them know that I can never be first in line again, ever, in the soup line or the hospitality, that they're going to remind me of this time. Uh, no problem, Pastor Chuck. It's my pleasure to help any way I can. Okay, thank you so much. God bless you. <laughs> Those are the things that if you don't do yourself, somebody else will do it for you. Amen? 
So I cannot have that number one son mentality anymore. Just, it'll just be between me and God, and I'll let him do it. Just for instance, uh, Norma, went, uh, she was such a servant at the youth camp, and uh, she was helping. She had snacks for the kids. She had water for them. She did all these great things for them. And uh, so they had a drawing to see who was going to be awarded a, a free pass for next year. They picked two names, you know, a, a student and a director. And guess who they picked? From Covina, <laughs> Norma Car 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 how could she not know that? Carrillo, oh, Norma, the Lord lifted you up, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? So if you do these things, and you think these things, God will bless you, he'll keep you, he'll take care of you, he'll promote you, he'll do great and mighty things on your behalf. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So I'm going to pray over you right now. Pronounce a blessing, and guess who? Number one, Norma Carrillo has the hospitality today, so she's going to serve us. So, Father, we just thank you that we can walk away with the skits and with the word to know that, Lord, we're going to do those things that you've called us to do. We're going to think God thoughts and let your thoughts be our thoughts, and we'll know the thoughts and plans that you have for us and that we may know the will of God in all that you want us to do. So for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and all agreed said, amen. amen. Hallelujah.